Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, I am the penis of William Gallas. I know it has been some time since you have had the penis of William Gallas in your ear. I know you must have missed me, but many things have been afoot. Afoot is twelve inches, something I, and not you, am very familiar with. In reality, I am here to say goodbye. I know things have ended on a rather flaccid note at Arsenal, but I don't care. In reality, I am, despite being a penis, also a bit of a cunt. So until next time, when I see you in the Champions League with a team from France or Italy or Spain, you take it easy and remember, the penis of William Gallas will rise again. Hello there, welcome to another Arsblog Arscast, right here on arsblog.oleole.com. Another league season is over, done and dusted, consigned to history, and Chelsea are champions. That's what the record books will show. And even though we were there or thereabouts, for the most part of the season, I never really had any great expectation that we would go on and win the league. I hoped, of course, like all of you, I hoped we could do it. I didn't really think we would, though. And in his press conference after the game, Arsene Wenger said, well, congratulations to Chelsea and congratulations to Ancelotti. Over the league season, you know, the table doesn't lie. 38 games, blah, blah, congratulations to them. Well, you won't find any of that sporting bollocks around here. Fuck Chelsea. I I had sort of resigned myself to United winning it because they've won it three years in a row and And despite all the rivalry, there's a sort of grudging respect with United because our rivalry has been built on two good footballing teams um, going at it. And we've faded away and the rivalry has become less intense. And I'm sure if we were fighting with them right to the final day of the season, there'd be much more um, ire on my part. But I'd sort of, I can live with United winning it more than Chelsea winning it. Because frankly, the idea of John Terry cavorting around a pitch and pulling down Ashley Cole's pants and celebrating the way they do it's not right it's just not right so um it's a painful sort of an end to the season regardless of whether or not we could have overtaken chelsea um 
it's still painful to think of them winning the league and it should spur us some kind of motivation for us uh, going into next season uh, on this week's show uh, we've got a load of your thoughts about the way the season has gone some uh, phone calls from you guys um thank you all for taking the time uh, for phoning in yesterday some of you uh, unfortunately didn't make it not because uh, I didn't have enough space because I did but the sound quality from a couple of them was really bad and uh, I just want to say to a couple of guys uh, from Nigeria who, who rang in uh, and left messages unfortunately the sound quality was really bad but thank you very much indeed anyway for calling I do appreciate it um, to the guy from Singapore who left the following message you know what guy from Singapore it's probably a good idea when you're leaving phone call messages like this to obscure the number that you're calling from. Have a listen. Ask blogger, you fucker, you fucking twat, you fucking fuckface, motherfucking cunt. You have a car crash, you fucking fucker, horse face, fuck. Ponytail, little son, bitch. Cockface, cocksucking cunt. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck, fuck, fuck you. Fucking cunt, asshole, fuck face, fuck face, fuck face, die, 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 fuck face. Now, I don't know if in Singapore they have a department of anti-crank phone calls and people found guilty of making phone calls like that are put to death or anything. I'm hoping they do. And if you know of such a department, please let me know, and I'll pass on that telephone number, which I have written down in front of me, to the relevant authorities. Uh, And Vincent, or Tony, or whatever you're calling yourself, go shove it up your cunt, you hairdressing fanny bastard. All right, then. On the final day of the season, we played Fulham. A 4-0 win, secured third place which we didn't even need to do in the end because Spurs, having been out on the piss since their win against Manchester City, lost 4-2 at Burnley, already relegated Burnley, having been 2-0 up. That, you see, is the sort of thing that I like to see from Spurs because whoever they get in their first qualifying round, if they win 2-0, they'll go on the piss and think they're already in the Champions League. And then when it comes to the second leg, they'll end up losing 4-2 and everyone will be laughing and happy and balance in the universe will be restored. Nevertheless, we uh, we won 4-0. Um, Arshavin scored the greediest goal I've ever seen in my life. Had he not scored that, I think Robin Van Persie would have been well within his rights to punch his face in because Van Persie was standing there waiting for the pass, for the simple pass. It was a little bit greedy, I have to say. I didn't particularly enjoy it. Um, Van Persie got the second, then there was an own goal, and then Carlos Vela, of all people, he arose from sort of the dead and showed to many what he was made of. Sadly, it was. On the last day of the season, it was a rather delicious chip over Mark Schwarzer. Fulham not particularly interested in the game because, of course, they had the Europa League final in midweek and how that didn't turn out particularly well for them. I felt a bit sorry for them, actually. Um, Diego Forlan, scourge of English teams since he left English football, uh, scoring both the goals um, to win the uh, trophy for Atletico Madrid. So anyway, afterwards, Arsene said, well, you can't win the title if you concede 40 goals. And these days, he's quite right. Uh, We'll get on to uh, where he says we're going to strengthen in a little while. But injuries and conceding too many goals and too many players who didn't really turn up. The season should have been much more positive. We should be going into the summer feeling much more positive than we actually do, regardless of whether we've won uh, the title or not. 
uh, the last month of the season has been pretty hellish. And I suspect the manager is not very happy with some of his players. And they are his players. And I suspect he feels a little bit let down by some of them because you don't lose to Wigan and you don't lose to Blackburn, even though we've had a pile of injuries. I know we've had injuries and, you know, you can talk about that all day long. But it's, a, it's just ifs. If we hadn't had so many injuries, if Almunia hadn't given away so many goals, if Fabianski hadn't given away so many goals, if we could defend better, if we could defend better as a team, if we were more organized. There's so many ifs, and we need to take out some of the ifs and replace them with um, not ifs. I, I don't know what they are or where you get them, but that's what we've got to do. Uh, third place is about right for this team. We were there or thereabouts, as I said, in, in the title race, and, and we did tremendously well to get ourselves back into it. Remember, we were 11 points behind Chelsea at one stage, but we didn't have what it took to keep going. We didn't have the the, uh, the quality, and we didn't have the character. More than anything, I think that's what's uh, disappointing, is that we didn't have the character to keep going when we did have a chance to stay in the title race, when Chelsea, uh, when we lost to Spurs, Chelsea also lost to Spurs. And we could have made up some ground that weekend, but we didn't. We threw it away against Wigan. And that's what I mean about uh, the quality and the character thing perhaps are, are intertwined. A player can have all the talent and technical ability in the world, but if he doesn't have the balls for a fight when it comes down to it, you're never going to win things. And that's, I think, where we've uh, fallen a bit short and where the manager needs to, uh, as well as addressing the the obvious technical uh, flaws that we have in this team, is look at the characters in the team and get more guys in like Fabregas, like Van Persie, uh, like Sol Campbell, who will give you everything in every single game because there are Arsenal players, unfortunately, at the moment, who don't do that and who probably won't do that because I don't think that's something you can teach. You either have that in your makeup as a footballer or you don't. You're happy to let a guy run past you and hope that somebody else will make the tackle or you're the guy that keeps chasing him and make sure that uh, you make the tackle. I don't think you can teach that. There's too many players that are, are the guy that's happy to watch and, and just hope that Vermalen or somebody like that will stick their foot in and make the tackle and save the day. So that's really where the manager has got to, to start looking. Anyway, as I said, we'll come back to uh, what he said about where we need to strengthen in a few moments. Uh, but I asked you, as I said, for uh, your thoughts on the season. We've got them in a couple of different uh, segments. So here's the first one. Hi, Blogs. My name is Terry Patrick from Whitney in Oxfordshire. Um, I just wanted to say I'm a bit um, worried that Arsenal becoming a new Newcastle and Arsene Wenger the new Kevin Keegan, we seem to be um, all about attack um, and don't really worry about defence, as you've said many times on the blog. Um, we, we don't have any decent goalkeepers and defensively we never seem to be organised. It seems to me that um, Wenger now, um, just like Kevin Keegan, seems to want to score more goals. It, it's as if you could say, we'll score more goals and, and we can concede we'll always score more than you. And that's just not the case anymore because we have Croc strikers. So I think we, we need to strengthen the whole spine of the team. We need a striker, new defensive midfielder, and a whole new defence, I think, and a new goalkeeper. Thanks. Keep up the great work. Cheers. Hi, blogger. This is Mike Tyndall from Fleet in Hampshire. Um, just a comment on the, the season. Um, although it ended disappointingly, on the plus side, we were still in the title race. Uh, in mid-April, so I think that was a big step forward, plus the performance and advancement of uh, Alexander Song. 
On the negative side, my major criticism is since we start the season theoretically going for four trophies, our manager ditches two before we even begin. We sacrifice the FA and Carling Cup every season to, as a W states, to concentrate on the Premier League and the Champions League. My problem is since we adopted this strategy, we haven't won either of these. Okay, thanks, blogger. Bye. Hi, Arse Blog. This is James from Arsenalism Blogspot. On reflecting on the last season, I need to really reflect on the last five years. And what I'd say is that we seem to have gone from watching the Beatles at the London Palladium to watching the bootleg Beatles at the O2 Arena. My name is Salami. I'm calling from Nigeria. I just want to say, um, I think we've had too many average players in the Arsenal squad this season. I think we just need to do away with a lot of them, man. I, I, it's just saddening, man. Hello, Scott from Slough. I think you can look at the uh, season in two ways, positive and negative. One positive, obviously, we sold players more than what we actually bought in. Um, and we finished third, which is one position better than last year. Also, you can look at it negative and say, if the top teams didn't lose points like they did in a mad season, I think we could have finished a bit lower than what we did last season. But credit to the players for sticking in and getting third. And I think we can build on it with a couple of players for next season and hopefully plunge with some trophies. Good luck. Hi, this is Dale Booth from uh, London, England. I just think the third place, considering the injuries that Sesk, Robin Van Persie, Song, Stewart, Bentner, Eduardo, Theo, the Verminator, Ramsey, Wazisky, Cliche, third place ain't too bad. There's certainly something to build on next year if they have all injuries back and they stay uninjured. Obviously, you can't account for the cock-ups on the goalkeeper's front. Loving your podcast, loving your blog. Keep it up. Did I just really say loving? Hi, Dal Booth again. Sorry, I forgot to mention what an incorrigible, hateful little cunt Shawcross is. And Tony Pulis and Pat's Fat Sam and Harry Redknapp, while I'm on the matter. Hanson, he's a cunt too. Shit, this could go on for a while. I won't bother. See you later. Bill Brown. Bill Brown, I promise that's the last one. He definitely is a cunt. Although he's an unemployed cunt now, so that's good. Okay, better. See you later. Stan, wife-beating, dogging, sex-deviant, cunt, Colin Moore. How could I forget him? Okay, that's definitely the last one. See you next season. Bye. Isn't that always the way? You hang up the phone and you realise there's just somebody else you wanted to call a cunt. Always happens to me. It really does. We'll have more of your thoughts in, in a little while. Now, um... I wanted to uh, do something, because we're all talking about positives and negatives and good things and bad things about the season, I wanted to pick out three things that I enjoyed and three that I didn't. Um, and two of them, uh, positive and, and negative, are, are very much interlinked, and that's Aaron Ramsey. Uh, his emergence and his development this season, I thought, was uh, one of the standout positives. Um, he scored four, maybe five goals, maybe six goals in the season. Uh, he looked like he was really coming on as a player and uh, I think it's overlooked uh, given everything that's happened that he was being selected ahead of Denilson. Denilson was sitting on the bench. Ramsey was playing along uh, alongside Sesk in midfield and doing very, very well. Didn't look out of place at all. And then, of course, there was that uh, Stoke game. But uh, from a positive point of view, the way he developed as a player over the season was, was uh, tremendous for me and I hope that's the way that Jack Wilshire is going to be introduced next season. Uh, the negative, of course, was the injury, uh, the tackle, the self-pitying bollocks from Ryan Shawcross, the media-led excuse-making for Shawcross, for Stoke, Tony Pulis uh, not taking any responsibility for the way his players play football, 
and just the general culture in which violent plays is excused and trivialities are punished um, so greatly in English football. I think it's a big problem. And I'll point you back to the Irish cast. I think it was number 153, uh, which is called Do It For Aaron. I haven't listened back. I probably should have. But I think that's the one with uh, Philippe Clare, and he spoke about the punditry in English football and the way that uh, issues like the Ramsey tackle are dealt with. And he spoke about a book called English of Foosball by a guy who writes for The Guardian called Raphael, Raphael Honigstein, or Honigstein, uh, forgive my German pronunciation, but I got that book and I read it on the way over to Barcelona for the Champions League game, and it's fantastic. Uh, it really is an excellent book, and if you want uh, something to kind of put the, the English mentality um, about football into perspective, that's very much it. Uh, Ramsey was going to spend another, what, six months or five months, maybe more, out of the game. We've seen what happened to Eduardo after his injury. He really suffered badly. And I hope that the positive of Ramsey emerging as a player is not done in by the thuggery and just sheer fucking boneheaded Neanderthal cuntishness of Ryan Shawcross and Stoke City. So there was uh, one positive, one negative. Uh, another positive for me, Cesc Fabregas. Here's a guy who... I know he's in the news now and there's all these stories about what he said about Barcelona and this that, and the other. I'm not, I'm not getting involved in that. I'm, I'm really not. I'd rather sit here and self-harm. I would. Take out razor blades and cut things into my arms and shit like that than deal with all that stuff that's coming out from Spain. I know there's video. We don't have very much context of the video. And even then, he said, if one day I was to leave Arsenal, and I'm not in any hurry to do so, Barcelona would be the team uh, that I would go and play for. I mean, shock fucking horror. It's not like this is news to any of us or a shock to any of us. So I'm not dealing with that at all in this particular Arscast. What I will deal with is Sesk as a captain who has grown up and become a man who will take responsibility and has taken responsibility. That penalty at Stoke. I have the, I downloaded that goal um, on HD because I, I think HD is cool. I have to try and get that. If anyone from Sky is listening, I'll have a free Sky HD box, please. I'll give you loads of mentions on the blog. But, um... The HD video is, is absolutely brilliant. I just from, I don't know where, Romania or some Romanian channel anyway. Uh, the, the commentary puts shivers down my spine, even though I can't understand a word of it apart from Fabregas and penalty. But the way he stepped up there and scored that penalty in that game against Stoke, after what had happened to Aaron Ramsey, having seen the team um, fall to pieces a bit after uh, the same thing happened to Eduardo, uh, talk about balls. The Aston Villa cameo, balls of steel. Came on, scored two goals, fucked up his hamstring. Played against Barcelona. Broken leg. Scored a penalty with a broken leg and played on just so he wouldn't be outnumbered. And I don't really care, to be honest, what they say in the newspapers about Barcelona or this, that and the other. You can judge a guy by what he does on the pitch and how much he gives to your team on the pitch. And Cesc gave pretty much everything he had this season for Arsenal. 18 goals. His season couldn't last, sadly, with the injuries. Um, I'm not sure that we overworked him or anything like that. But he came of age. 
He's been a fantastic player since he first got in the team, but he emerged this season as a captain. And for me, that was a big positive as well. A second positive, or the final positive, uh, I'm going to say Alex Song. And he's a guy, as I've said on the podcast before, that um, I was too quick to judge. I got it pretty wrong, as did a lot of people, but uh, I'll hold my hands up and say I got this one wrong. And we missed him when he wasn't in the team. And uh, fair play to him for for coming through and, and fighting against the odds. I don't know that it can happen that often with a player that everybody looks at him and goes, no, I don't know. No, no, no. And then, oh, holy fuck. Actually, this guy's quite good. He went through a very um, steep learning curve at Arsenal. And maybe, I still maintain that perhaps he shouldn't have gone through that learning curve with us. That it might have been better for him to spend another season on loan somewhere and then come back. But nevertheless, he stepped up and has become a, a, an integral part of the Arsenal team. And when he's missed... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Thing you're going off fuck. And nobody could have really thought about that 12 or 18 months ago. So fair play to him. The uh, The other two negatives are related to the formation that we play. And I think the 4-3-3 does suit the players that we have. You look at 18 goals from Sesk. It allows him to get forward. Um, injuries, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to talk about those the way they haven't helped. But initially at the start of the season, we pressured teams from the front to the back. So... When they had possession, our forwards were pressing, our midfield was pressing. We worked hard to get the ball back. And it was fairly evident that by the time we played Barcelona in the Champions League, the first game at the, uh, the, the Grove, that this is exactly what they were doing to us. And we had no answer to it. We were not able to do it back. And it's something that we didn't do really for, for quite a lot of the season. Having started it so well, I'm at a loss to understand why it wasn't being drilled into them. This is what you have to do. That, that pressure from the very top. Too many players, like I said, who don't necessarily want to do the hard work. And the final part of the negative of the season for me is the, is the final month. And when you're looking for guys who, aren't necessarily first choice, but who have still got something to prove to the team and to prove to the manager, to prove to the fans. And, and you know, they're being given a chance to go out there and show that they're worthy of the Arsenal shirt, didn't do it. And the uh, the attitude and the effort was not right and it wasn't very Arsenal-like. And I think that, for me, was another uh, big, big negative this season. So there you go, three uh, positives, three negatives. Um, not quite random, but, you know, we could go on and pick five and five or seven and seven. Well, we'd be here all day. Um, so some more of your thoughts. Hi, Arsenal. This is Tom. Um, my thoughts on the season. 
Um, our rather embarrassing limp to the finish was uh, shouldn't be had to obscure rather um, what I think was basically a, a pretty good season, certainly improvement on last. Um, if Manu and Chelsea had had the same extent of injuries right through their team, front to back, um, I think they'd have been affected as badly as we were. Um, positives are we've got great new centre back in the Marlin. Um, Song, I think, was excellent for most of the season. Even Diaby was good for large parts of it, if not towards the end. And now as we show glimpses of what, what he can be next season, um, we all know what we need to do to go forward. Let's hope uh, our team does too. Um, come on, the boys, next season. Thanks. Bye. All right, Mr. Arsblogger. Um, it's Ross from Finsbury Park. Uh, I just want to say the most positive thing about the season just gone by was definitely the debut of Thomas the Vermonite. <laughs> but now the Verminator of the Marlin. Basically, yeah, the guy's just a beast in defence. You can tell from his attitude, the way he puts on that Arsenal shirt, and every time he comes on the pitch, he gives his 100%, yeah. Hi, Andrew. I uh, thought I'd take you up on your invite to uh, contribute this week um, because it's the first first time I've seen an Arsenal play as much as I have. I rented a season ticket this year. Highlights include uh, beating Spurs 3-0 and singing Are You Tottenham in Disguise. Um, obviously, Thomas Vermaelen's brilliant first season and seeing Seth really step up to the mark and, uh, and take the team forward um, as, as a man that he's become. I think I share everyone's frustrations, but really, we're not that far away. Um, just a few signings in the summer should hopefully make it an, an even better season next year. But overall, I think there's lots of reasons to be cheerful going forward. Uh, this is Steve from Darlington. I'd just like to say that I think um, the season has been more positive than what people make it out to be. I think on the positive side, I think uh, Cesc Fabric has more maturity than Merlin and Sol Campbell. I also think it does show that the, um, the squad does need trimming and needs adding too, if you know what I mean. We need to get rid of some of the dead wood and we need to bring in some more quality. But I think we've all said that on Askus for a long time now. Thank you. Bye. My name's uh, Hussein Agal. I'm calling uh, from Croydon. I, I, I think the, uh, the team uh, this year um, improved massively, I think. Um, um, obviously, still we, we became a bit shorter there towards the end. Um, I, I think what cost us overall um, was individual mistakes, I think. But overall, the team, as a team, I think we played all the way along very well. And it's not all doom and gloom. I think we progressed quite well. It, it just, obviously, injuries was the main cause. And uh, that, that's high food. Keep the good work, mate. OK, goodbye. Hi, my name is Richie and I'm in Wellington in New Zealand. I just want to mention one change I would like to see for next season and uh, this one is on the fan side, not the team side. This is uh, to all of you Gooners who are lucky enough to be seated at the Emirates watching your team on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Please stay until the end. It's frustrating enough for us hundreds of thousands of fans all over the world watching on dodgy internet streams who uh, would give our right arm to be there. So I can't imagine what it must be like for the players in the last crucial five minutes of a game looking around the stadium and see supporters heading for the exits. Be a true gooner and support your team to the end. The trains will still be running and the pubs will uh, still be open when you leave. One final batch of your thoughts still to come uh, before the end of this particular Arscast. Now, one man who's been in the news this week is Tony Adams. He's got a brand new job, and, well, here, here he is. 
Hello everyone, Tony Adams here with another poem on the Arsecast. This week's poem is entitled, My New Job, and it goes a little bit like this. Oh football, I love you, but what is your plan? Instead of being at Portsmouth, where I am the man, I am going to Azerbaijan. It is very close to Iran. And it is also on the Caspian Sea, which as we know, is home to the friendly ghost that I love the most. Oh, Azerbaijan, if I brought my mental former England teammate and made him president, I could change the name to Gazabaijan. Thank you very much. So Arson says defence is where he wants to strengthen this summer and I don't think anybody would argue with that even though the transfer we've been linked with the most over the last few months has been Marouane and Shemak uh, from Bordeaux. The uh, Moroccan striker is set to sign any day now. I don't know when we'll get a confirmation of that. Perhaps when his uh, contract runs out, probably the end of May, would it be? Probably something like that. Uh, but he's on his way. Uh, but defence, he's got to do something. William Gallas is gone, for sure. He would have signed before now if he was uh, if he was going to stay. And the chairman's comments suggest that he's well and truly gone. Sylvester's contract has run out. Uh, and I very, very much doubt if that's going to be renewed. So we're left with um, Saul Campbell, who's sitting down with the club right now and wants to stay for at least another year. And I would be surprised if that didn't happen. We've got Thomas Vermalen. We've then got Johan Giroud. And that's it in terms of centre-halves. So what we need to do is bring in at least one centre-half who's going to be a candidate for the first team. At least one. Because I think we need that bit of depth. Uh, Juru, I hope, can kick on and stay injury-free. He says he's got a like a brand-new knee. He was having problems all last season, and it was very serious, and uh, his career was touch-and-go, I'm told. Uh, so for him to come through that is fantastic. But we probably need to bear in mind that uh, his injury was bad and, and add a bit of depth to that position because we don't want to move Alex Song from central midfield or from that defensive central midfield role. If we have Campbell, Juru, Vermalen and a new centre-half, should one or two injuries crop up, then we're looking at moving uh, Song back from the uh, central uh, midfield role and we don't have an obvious replacement for that. And that could be another area that needs to be strengthened. So defence certainly needs to be strengthened. Uh, he's got to go out and find a proper centre-half. Another Vermalen is what he's going to have to find. And a Vermalen with a bit more height, perhaps, and a bit more presence, and perhaps a bit more experience, because uh, he has been fantastic, and I really like Vermalen, but he's still very young for a centre-half, 23-24, and he's got a lot to learn about the game, and he'll learn it better by playing alongside somebody of... 27, 28, 30 years of age than he will playing alongside another uh, 23, 24-year-old, which is where many of the uh, problems in this Arsenal team come from, in my opinion, but that's uh, something we can explore another day. So he's got to go out and find that, and above all else for me, he's got to go and find a goalkeeper. From what I'm told, Fabianski is still rated very, very highly. Still rated very highly. But no matter how highly he rates him, surely he can't miss the fact that whenever he plays, Fabianski causes a goal. So he might not ditch Fabianski. I think Almunia might be the one to go. Fabianski could remain as number two, and he might, uh, or not might, should uh, go mad if he doesn't bring in 
a new goalkeeper. He needs a new goalkeeper. Arsenal need a new goalkeeper, someone experienced, someone of quality. Buffon, I think, is a step too far in terms of uh, what he would cost us in transfer fee and wages and all that. It would be a magic signing, but I think that's a step too far. But there are other goalkeepers around who could do the job, uh, who are good enough, who are within our price range. And should he go through the transfer window without buying a keeper, I'd have to start asking some very serious questions of, of Arsene. Um, so there we go. That's what he's got to do this summer. Uh, perhaps it's something we can come back to in maybe the final Arscast next season, or next season, next week, um, because there isn't much point in me doing them during the summer. There isn't enough material. Maybe we might do the odd World Cup one, but, you know, I don't really give a shit about the World Cup or any of the teams that are in it. I mean, you look at France in the old days, you go, well, I'd be kind of up for France because they've got Petit and Vieira and Henri and Pires. And, you know, I don't feel necessarily the same way about Pires or I don't feel the same way about Diaby, I should say, as I did about Robert Pires. You know, I don't particularly care about Diaby, whereas I always wanted Bob to win because he was so excellent and... So, so, so dreamy. So dreamy. Anyway, that uh, might be a possibility. We'll see what happens during the summer. Maybe an odd World Cup podcast or two, but uh, next week, I suspect, will probably be the last one of the season. Uh, your final batch of thoughts right here. Hi, it's Andy Simpson from Hamburg. Uh, well, I think it's been a fairly decent season, really. I mean, if we'd started off at third place and been uh, a little way off the pace all the season, I don't think we'd be worrying about it. To get so so close and at the end with a supposedly easier run-in uh, to, to fall off the pace so quickly and almost almost lose third place, that's, that's a bit disappointing. Uh, apart from that, it always annoys me when we feel a weakened team in the Caps. Um, I think we should just try and play with the first squad and try and win something. Um, and I hope we start this next year, this year by, by buying what's obviously necessary, a keeper, a couple of defenders and maybe someone in the midfield. But uh, um, I think we've got good potential and uh, we've done all right this year. Hello, Blogs. It's Boston here. Um, yes, I have been encouraged um, by this season's performance. Wasn't all miserable. It was bloody awful, though, going out in the Champions League and then imploding with the league, as per usual. But it wasn't miserable. Definitely progress. Favourite moment, I think, was probably um, Seth's goal from the off um, when he picked it up outside the uh, kickoff and basically went through the defence and scored. And obviously his cameo against Aston Villa... Um, worst moment was definitely seeing Ramsey's leg break and all the uh, the English typical press basically going on after the team and after um, Wenger and all the rest of it. That was just complete bollocks. Um, Favourite goal, actually, I think, was the Seth's goal against Spurs at home. Um, that's about it, mate. I'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. What's blogger? This is Johnny Massacre from Tokyo. Uh, what did I think of the season? <sighs> A bit cunty, really. Um, there are a few good moments right now but it's all fucked up now so you know I'm just going to get back on the crack pipe and wish for a good season next year bye hello my name is Emmanuel Ebue I come from the Ivory Coast I just would like to say that's the best part of the season my name's Jamie from North London Um, there's a lot of negativity surrounding the season I don't really want to focus on that um, a couple of things that I thought were really good this year was the huddle after Stoke. I thought we learned 
our lessons. I thought a lot of players showed maturity and, and the comebacks that we've had this year as well have been great. Um, and I suppose the best of the season was Phil Brown losing his job. I swear I've seen him working down my local chippy. Bye. Uh, blogger, this is Ben from arsenal.co.uk in Paris. I think that this season was, under the circumstances, a decent progression for many areas of the team, especially when you look at the league stats of goals scored and points despite the injuries and the dramatic end-of-term slump. Vermaelen has had a decent first season. Clichy has come uh, played well since returning. Fabregas, of course, has been superb, and the growth we've seen not only in Song but in Nicholas Bentner during his first decent spell of first-team football has been very encouraging to me. Uh, congratulations to the under-18s for winning their league this week. Some silverware. With this and the financial stability at the club, I think things are looking up for Arsenal. And uh, as supporters, uh, we should consider ourselves lucky that our team is being run so responsibly in, compar- in comparison to so many others. I'm looking forward to next season. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Hi there. Donald from Nottingham. Highlight of the season. Danielson dance after his goal against West Ham. Oh, dear. Afternoon, blogs. This is Matt in Dubai. Um, for me, this season, um, I wasn't actually that that upset because at the start of the season, I didn't really expect too much from us. However, the most infuriating thing for me was definitely losing to the um, and then having to suffer those gloating bastards for the rest of the season, um, trying to trying to take our third place. So there you go. Um, take care, blogs. Bye bye. Keep up the good work. How are you, blogger? It's Big Dave from Malahide. Just what you said today about Stephen Ireland. If we could get him and Kevin Dale, and if we could get Shea and goals, that'd be grand. Cheers. Ah, big Dave from Malahide. How nice to have another Irishman, or a half-Irishman, on the Arscast. Thank you all for your contributions. Uh, it was interesting to hear them. I thought there was going to be a lot more negativity, to be honest. I don't think anybody's particularly happy with how things went, but I thought there was going to be a bit more ranting and venting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the perspective, I have to say, was uh, interesting. So, um, really, that's about it. There's not much else to talk about. There's no game this weekend. It's just me and you and the blog and a summer of transfer rumors. Oh, yeah, Arsenal.com, stop, please, with the transfer rumor thing. Come on, every other fucking website does it. Caught offside and tribal football and uh, goal and all these ones. Come on. The last thing we need from Arsenal.com is a load of rumor. All you're doing is adding weight to those rumors, even though they're bollocks. So I think um, they've scored a bit of an own goal on that one. But nevertheless, we'll ignore that and uh, continue on with our own transfer speculation. As I said, we'll probably have one more Arscast next week. So until then, take it easy. Talk to you on the next Arscast all week on the blog, and uh, Sylvester's coming up after the music. Cheers, bye-bye.
It's me again, Sylvester! Another season is over. Another season without a trophy for Arsenal. I know the fans are so disappointed. Let me tell you the players, we are disappointed too. But I am the most disappointed of all because my contract has run out and it does not look like it's going to be renewed. This makes me very sad because I've had such a wonderful time. I've met so many great friends and to be honest I'm gutted because I won't be able to take it up the Arsenal every weekend. Oh! Oh! When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.